a village in Galicia, there once lived a Kretschmer, an innkeeper named Nochum. He made a good parnasa from his Kretschmer, where passing merchants stopped for good food, a comfortable bed, and excellent service. Rebbe Nochum also had a good name amongst the non-Jewish peasants of the neighborhood. Whenever they had a few coins to spend, they would come in for something to eat and something to drink. Reb Nochem was a from Yid whose door was always open for any poor traveler. In addition to a free meal, sometimes even a bed, he would always give a needy person a nice donation to help them on their way, and all of this was given with a friendly smile and a kind word. One day came a weary traveler to the Kretschma. He was wearing tattered clothes and torn, wet shoes. A sorry sight indeed. Reb Nochem greeted the weary traveler in his usual friendly way, served the man a fine meal, and offered him a place to stay for the night. But the man picked up his bag and said he could not accept Reb Nochem's kind offer but he felt that he owed his kind host an explanation. So he added the following, You would not wish to thank me for the mitzvah of Hachnosus Orchim, but an explanation is surely the least that I owe you. It's a story that I often tell, for it can serve as a lesson for everyone. I'm a well-to-do businessman from a big city far from here, said the stranger. It happened that once I realized that a fairly large sum of money was missing from a drawer in my desk in my private study. My suspicion fell on a young Jewish girl whom my wife had hired to be a helper in the house. I knew her to be an honest girl coming from a poor but respectable family. She was of marriageable age, but as her parents were poor, and unable to provide her with a dowry, Lyalenu, she took on the job. It occurred to me that when she was cleaning my study, she must have come across the money, and the temptation was too great for her. She probably only meant to borrow it, but I was certain she had taken the money, and I told her so privately. She denied the accusation and began to cry and shout, Somehow her excessive denial made me think she was putting on an act. It made me angry, and I threatened her that unless she admitted to taking the money, I would drive her out of my house in disgrace. On the other hand, if she simply returned the money to me, I would tell no one, and she would be permitted to keep her job and her good name. The girl became hysterical and could barely speak because of her sobbing. But I was not moved by her hysterics. I told my wife what happened, and we dragged the girl to the rove. She insisted on her honesty. She protested her innocence. And the rove ruled that we had brought no real proof of her guilt. But it was up to us to decide if we wished to keep her or not. The result was that we sent her back to her parents, where she became unfortunately very ill, and her neshama went away from her guf 
Soon afterwards, Rahman people said that her early death was a punishment for her wrongdoing, and my wife and I chose to believe the same thing. A few weeks later, I realized that one of the drawers in my desk was stuck. I pulled it out, and behind it I saw the missing wallet with the money. And my heart stood still. Oy, Gavalt! What have I done to that poor innocent girl? I said to myself. The thought gave me no rest. I immediately began to make inquiries as to the whereabouts of the girl's parents who had moved out of town because of the shame of what had happened to their daughter. When I found where they lived, I traveled there with a substantial amount of money, several times the amount that I thought was stolen, and I went to see her parents. I told them how terrible I felt about the dreadful mistake I had made. I knew that no amount of money could compensate them for the loss of their precious fine daughter, but I begged them to accept the money I had brought them as some compensation, however inadequate it might be, for the grief that I had caused them. The parents said nothing except, May God Almighty forgive you. I put the money on the table and left. Then I traveled to Premishlan to see my Rebbe, Rabbi Meir Premishlaner, to ask him what I could possibly do to atone for my grievous sin. When I told the Rebbe all that had happened, he became lost in thought for quite some time. Finally, the Rebbe sighed and said, Chazal have assured us that the gates of Tshuva are always open and the Abishter is always ready to stretch out his hand to the true Balchuva, the true repentant. Your Aveda is truly great, so your Teshuva must also be a very harsh one. You have three choices. You may choose to die within one year, your life for her life, or you may choose to be afflicted with a severe and painful illness for three years, or you can choose to go into Gullus, into exile, for three years. If this is your choice, you will wander about as a poor beggar and travel constantly. Where you spend the day, you may not spend the night. Where you spend the night, you may not spend the day. You may eat only once a day whatever good people offer you, and at no time would you be able to ask for charity or accept any if it's offered. I was very much shaken by the Holy Rebbe's words and I said that I could not decide without first consulting my wife. I returned home. I could neither eat nor sleep, and I soon became so unwell that I thought I would die within the year. But I wished to go on living, and I saw that I must decide quickly which of the other two forms of tshuva I would choose. I spoke with my wife, and we decided that I should choose to go into exile. No sooner had I made up my mind than I began to get well very quickly. I told my wife how to carry on my business in my absence, and I instructed her to distribute half of my wealth for worthy causes and needy Jews 
especially poor brides, and to do it all in strict secrecy. I then put on traveling clothes, said goodbye to my wife, and took my talisman to Filin and started on my long journey. My first stop was to Premishlan to see the Rebbe. The Rebbe benched me that I should be Matzliach to succeed in achieving a complete tshuva. After the three years, the Rebbe instructed me to come to him even before returning home. And now, concluded the stranger, you will understand why I could not accept your kind offer of a bed for the night, nor accept any donation of money. As a matter of fact, I don't know what to do. I have heard that my holy Rebbe, Rebbe Meir of Premishlan, is Nistalik. He has passed away, and it's only two years since I've started my exile. I still have a year to go. So I am on my way to Zanz to ask the holy Zanzarebbe what I should do. The traveler, having concluded his story, picked up his bag, kissed the mezuzah, and went on his way. Many months passed, and Reb Nochem the innkeeper had almost forgotten the whole episode, when one day a fine-looking droshka, a carriage pulled by two fine horses, stopped at the Kretschma. Out stepped a well-dressed businessman and greeted Reb Nochem with a cheerful shalom aleichem. Reb Nochem did not recognize the visitor, but then he realized that this was none other than the sad-looking wanderer with the tragic story who had stopped at the Kretschme some months back. Reb Nochem served his guest some mashke and some food, and after saying l'chaim together, the visitor told Reb Nochem the end of his story. When I came to the Zanzer, said the Balchuva, he greeted me heartily, and before I had a chance to say one word, he said, Tzadikim are greater in the afterlife than during their lifetime on earth. They do not abandon their flock. The Premishlaner has interceded on your behalf in Shemayim so that you should now be regarded as having completed your tshuva, which you carried out so faithfully during the past two years. You are now free to go home and resume your normal life. But on your way, stop at the kever of the Holy Rabbi Meir Say some tilim there and ask him to continue to daven for your well-being. Beruchnius ubegashmius. I'm now on my way home, said the Balchuva. As you see, I've been able to borrow money from business friends to restart my normal life. Although, life can never be truly the same again, for I have learned my lesson. I cannot tell you how happy I am and I wish such happiness for all true Bali Chuvah.